0: The dead is set at the epiphany and it's a recognised moment in the life of this family that once a year these people gather together and do this thing. It's almost like do this in memory of me. And I think Joyce is particularly good on the ways in which you have to almost die many times, including in your
1: youth, if you're going to ever be fully born. Joyce himself said a genius makes no mistakes and it's difficult to find one in the dead. T.S. Eliot described The Dead as one of the most outstanding short stories ever written. Many see it as the perfect short story, a gem that unpacks meaning in every word. <laughs> the story's setting is an annual New Year gathering of friends, family and music students of the Mrs. Morkan, set against the background of a fading city and a country attempting to define itself. The Morgan's nephew, Gabriel Conroy, is modelled not just on John Joyce, Joyce's father, an amateur tenor who used to make the after-dinner speeches, but on Joyce himself. The story follows the music and conversation of the night, the awkward Gabriel as he prepares to make his after-dinner speech, and then how his wife Greta is moved by the fragment of a song that she later reveals reminds her of a young man back home in Galway who had died for her. The story occurs over a matter of hours. Little happens and much is suggested. Just why has it had such resonance? Professors Anne Fogarty and Declan Kybird
2: on one level it functions simply as a very kind of messy party with lots of different exits and entrances, comings and goings but then if you've read the other Dubner stories you realise that everything has a kind of weight and meaning and there are motifs and themes that mesh things together and it's part of the way in which we read Joyce that he creates webs of meaning and so images knit up with each other and the symbolic layers that become more and more important because you move into utter symbolism by the time you get to Gabriel and the snow falling all over Ireland at the very end of the
0: story. I think the intensity of the story is so great, partly because the language which describes the characters seems to approximate to the characters themselves. For example, Lily, the caretaker's daughter, was literally run off her feet. That's a tired phrase, the kind that Lily herself might probably use. And there's a sense in which Joyce is the ultimate democrat. He describes characters in something like the language they might describe themselves to themselves. So that the first two or three pages of the story are governed not by the consciousness of Gabriel Conroy, though that will supervene, but more by the consciousness of Lily, who actually finds the whole thing a bit of a chore and who finds Gabriel's treatment of her patronising and even sexist.
1: If you be the last of us Harry White, professor of music at UCD, sees the story as a song of exile which uses music as a narrative weapon. Joyce wrote The Dead in 1907, three years after he left Dublin. And Richard Ellman calls it his first great song of exile. That's how he described it. And I think that because nostalgia is such an important agent for Joyce's fiction and because Joyce himself really began as a musician and regarded his whole career as a rival to musical composition... The music in the story has a symbolic as well as an actual presence. It's a way of negotiating the past. Now that's obviously the case with regard to the story itself and I think that's why it has so many resonances with people because a song remembered will often trigger memories and sometimes disturbing memories and emotional memories. Professors Kevin Whelan and Geraldine Meaney are drawn to the story's psychological darkness. I think what attracts me most to it is that this was written when Joyce was still a young man in his 20s and yet in some ways it's a devastating psychological portrait of a kind of a a dead marriage in some ways and at another level it's an extraordinarily searing account of contemporary Dublin and yet once you start reading you see all these disturbances and echoes and layers and depths beneath it and I think it's just an extraordinarily gifted and penetrating piece of writing.
3: There's a light and a dark Ireland in operation in the story there's the brightly lit festive room of the Christmas party and then there's the dark hinterland of Galway and loss and death and I think one of the things which at this stage now I suppose as an almost middle-aged or middle-aged woman reading the story is this extraordinary engagement with mortality because this is a story which is actually about death and the inevitability of death and what acknowledging the inevitability of death can do to you Because I think we read the story as about the death of a marriage in some respects and the death of an ego because Gabriel comes to understand that his sense of himself is is completely false. This is what Joyce is afraid he will become. Gabriel is the future that he could have. And I think what he does, it's almost like a Christmas carol where it's the ghost of Christmas future and he exercises it.
1: It's that exorcism, or epiphany, as Joyce calls it, which gives the dead its universal and lasting appeal. Anne Fogarty, Geraldine Meany, and Declan Kybert.
2: There is this notion within Dubliners that Joyce is pushing us towards some kind of revelation, epiphany as he called it, and an insight, which often can be a deflationary moment, in fact, kind of anticlimax at the end, and sometimes there's a realisation within the story that only the readers can know, and the chief characters aren't totally privy to it. And there's certainly that sense with the dead that it's, it's building towards a kind of closure. Joyce is the master of Endings, but endings that are utterly ambiguous and open.
3: The least commentated element in the story is that within Gabriel's epiphany, another epiphany is happening, and it's Gretas. She's the one who has that moment where she remembers the young man who dies for her. She's the, the woman who remembers what her life might have been, who remembers the choices that she's made. The woman that... Gabriel is married to. Greta is notoriously close in some respects to Nora Barnacle. And in other respects, of course, she's the opposite of Nora Barnacle because she's a woman who has, instead of taking the romantic route of going with the young lover who was outside her window down in Galway, she's actually married the respectable, upwardly mobile Gabriel Conroy. Whereas Nora Barnacle is the young woman from the West who... Despite every dictate of common sense must have said run from this guy, and yet she goes with him. And she takes this extraordinary chance. She makes this extraordinary gamble. So in a sense, Gabriel and Greta are what Joyce and Nora might have been,
0: or what they might become. My reading of it is that this is a portrait, a self-portrait by Joyce, of what he might become had he stayed in Ireland, that he might have become a journalist, an academic in the university someone who was filled with a kind of class feeling and looked down his nose a little, even on his own family relations and associates. The Irish middle class had scarcely come into being when Joyce is writing this story. It probably wasn't quite sure how to behave at parties like this. It was impersonating the kind of bourgeoisie it felt it ought to be. And I think that Gabriel's sense of mortality, of everything being in a kind of jeopardy or precarious state, is connected with all this that he's aware that no matter what ramparts the civilization erects, no matter what party it holds on the Feast of the Epiphany, all this is just a kind of minor wager against eternity. But in the end, you have to face eternity, you have to face all those dead people. I suppose Gabriel, in a way, represents the emerging Catholic middle class with pretensions to gentility, who would have, to some degree, been supporters of parliamentary nationalism and whose world was swept away by the 1916 rising and replaced indeed by that of the Gaelic leaguers, by people like Miss Ivers.
3: The ghosts in the story are the ghosts of all our mortality. It is death itself which haunts the characters. On the other hand, the living are only half alive, they're always underachieved, they've lost some vitality which is essential to be really living. And on the other there is a political content, a sense of a past which must be allowed to die. The question is whether the living can gather enough energy to reinvent a future, to acknowledge the past and move on.
0: Joyce realised that the people he was describing might not make it as something very fragile and jeopardised about the world he describes and I think he's moved by a kind of grace under pressure that's on the point of snapping. The whole world actually rendered at the party is precarious.